0: By two. Barada, Nickto. You
1: must remember those words. Gordon said. Ladies and welcome back to Stories at Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I am joined by Julian Darius. But Julian, are you yourself, or is there somebody else in there who's going to be um, doing the podcast today? I contain multitudes. multitudes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there? There are many
2: people vying for control. Um, um, I do sometimes feel this way. I mean, mu- I, I, I do really like this idea of sort of multiple memories.
0: Kind mm. of
2: not knowing, like what's real, or or you know, uh, are are those somebody else's memories? Did that come from some fiction I saw, or
1: or what have you? What about you, Scott? Are you are you yourself today? Uh, today I feel, but tomorrow yeah. tomorrow's a tomorrow's another day that we shall see. Uh, but today for the podcast, we're going to be talking about twenty twenties uh, possessor. Uh, directed by David Cronenberg, written by David Cronenberg. Um, the story of, I'm just going to call a Voss, but uh, Tassia Voss, uh, the character, who is, I'm going to say like a corporate assassin, kind of thing, I think that's really what it is, who, using technology, uh, is placed in a state and is then possesses or aligns with a victim um, and then is able to influence and sort of possess that person to do things and then that person will kill them kill a person somebody else kill the, the victim and then kill themselves basically sort of enabling it to look like a random attack or a murder uh, and then whatever the whoever the client is is completely clean no connections so on and so forth however when she starts to uh possess uh a victim colin tate things start to go wrong. Uh, she's already seems to be suffering from some sort of psychological breakdown, but the more the pressure gets put on, the the boundaries or the barriers between what is Voss and what is Colin Tate start to break down. And will she pull off this job? Um, so that's a quick sort of rundown of this. Uh, Julian, what did you think of Possessor? Uh, I like this film. Um mm. You know, I, I like this
2: film a lot. I'm surprised by how much I like it. Uh, I think that it could do a better job of explaining this technology. Um, yeah. I don't know that we really need it, but um, it, it seems as if it seems as if what they're doing to stage these kinds of like heists, uh, these murders, are that they kidnap somebody and then they drill these holes in their head and mm-hmm. they they create a, a biodegradable net yeah. that is able to serve this. They mentioned this. That's able to allow somebody else to sort of possess them, to mm-hmm. control them, especially using some gizmo, which we never see, to kind of like align their brainwaves again. Um, you know, and they only well, we do see We days. do
1: see one thing because there's, there's like a probe she has to insert into the, oh. and it turns it off. Yeah, when that feels guy like... shows
2: up to help her. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and she does it it as the opening character. It's the very first thing you see is her aligning herself, Mm -hmm. as they call it, or calibrating herself, they call it, using that thing to sort of calibrate to make sure she's fully in control. um, Yeah, so so I'm not sure
2: how this really
1: works. I'm not sure, you know, and the fact that it's used,
2: it's a little like Inception where it's like, You have this like amazing technology. I I mean, I'm not sure when this evolved or, (laughs) you know, like what timeline we're in that you have this, or all the preceding inventions that you need to have to lead up to this. And and I'm also not sure if you had this, would you be using it for this? Right. Like like, in that case, it's like we can control people's dreams, you know, we can go into them as, as real spaces, but we're using them for like corporate espionage. Um this is like we're using it for corporate espionage. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, so there's a profit motive, but, um, yeah, I, you know, what's the government doing with this? Uh, what's the yeah. military?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, or, or the entertainment industry, let's be honest. Like, um, <laughs> well,
2: imagine, you know, old washed up celebrities saying, like, you know, you know, I'll, I'll do a video
1: for $500. I'll let you into my brain and my body for, you know, $5 million. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, th- I'm thinking strange days kind of technology. Mm. Um, you know, feeding off someone mm. else's visuals and, and and memories and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I agree. The technology is a little vague, but I get the general thing of like she yeah. sits in a machine that allows to pro- she projects projects her consciousness to this receiver inside the victim, and then she can controls them like a meat puppet kind of thing. But what's interesting is as she does this, um. It has, you know, in the first, so basically I like the fact so it opens with um a demonstration of this. Like she's on a um a heist or a mission, as you say. Um and it's the, the, the woman's called Holly. Um this sort of this black woman who sort of is who's is, been possessed and she's inserting the probe into her head so she can calibrate and then she goes to a, a gym or or something, I don't know what it was, like a bar as well, and she kills this guy. And she just stabs him, like stabs him in the neck, and then she repeatedly stabs him, and then she sort of runs her uh, hands through the blood. But the point is, she's she's supposed to kill herself. Like, she's supposed to blow her own brains out. She'll be extracted, like her consciousness is extracted, but like she's supposed to kill it. So there's no way of following up with the murderer. I mean, this is the one thing she can't do. Throughout the film, she cannot get the person to commit suicide. And so in that one, she commits suicide by police. Like, she gets the police to kill her. Um, and that's all cool. I, lo- I love the opening bit. I think it's all very, very good. But what's fascinating is when she comes out and they have to do this test and they, she'll go through, like she she picks up a pipe and she's like, this was my granddad's pipe and this was given to me by my father. I didn't meet my granddad. And then she picks up like this box and it's got a um, a, a butterfly and she's like, I killed this and I mounted it. And she says all these things and then she sort of puts it aside. And there's this, this idea of calibrating back to herself. Hmm. Um, you know, and she keeps saying, oh yeah, I've got, I've got a bit of a hangover from that person. I'm not entirely, I'm not totally calibrated back to myself. And so there's obviously this, this, when she is doing that, she's constantly sort of like merging this, this, there's like a feedback, like, you know, it's not, it's not a one way system. This is, this seems Mm -hmm. like there's almost two ways and that's what grows. Um, And so I think all that, it's not explicitly said, but I like the way it's set up that you are like, oh, this is not, Straightforward. This is not wholly safe. It feels dangerous for for her to be doing it.
2: One thing I kept thinking about is um, and you know I rarely mention it, but um, you know in uh, Martian comics, you know that I mm. I make sci-fi comics. The main storyline, you know, one of the things is this sort of projection tank that lets Martians, you know, control humans, mm. and and I decided very early on that like if you could actually do this you would live inside somebody else's experiences and their memories and when you see like an object it's associated with the thoughts of that brain and the feelings of that brain and so it would be this kind of like disorienting experience where you still know you're you but you have all of these thoughts and memories and feelings and associations that you know feel natural to you and yet are new and aren't actually part of you, but certainly feel part of you. So, I mean, mm. I like that this is, you know, having some of those same thoughts.
1: Yeah, I I really, I like this idea that it, it, it made me think about who, so Voss as a character, it made me think about why was she chosen? What makes her special? Mm. And the thing that sort of comes to my mind throughout this is, there's the potential that she's like, a psychopath or a sociopath. Like she's, she's good at this because she doesn't actually, there is no real Voss, Like, you know, it's all, a, 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 it's um alluded to throughout the film on several occasions that, that she's like, well, not, not not an empty vessel, but like she's good at this cause she can infuse herself with this other person. Is um, as, a, as a skill? Cause when she comes out the first time and she goes home to, to, you know, Meet her husband and her kid. Like she has to rehearse how she's going to talk to them to make it sound like herself. Like she's she practices how she would say lines, you know, uh, talking to her son. Like you know, oh, it's oh, I'm starving. I can't, you know, oh, you've cooked, oh, fantastic. And she she goes through like several versions of this before she's like, okay, I'm ready to go in. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like she's she's still trying to calibrate.
2: Let's be honest. Have you ever done that? I mean, I've done
1: that. Um, Um, Maybe, but yes. But, you know, it depends on who I'm seeing. You know, sometimes I've done it when it's someone I'm nervous about seeing, which is understandable. Or it's a big thing. Like, you know, when when you're younger, it's been like a girlfriend's parents or it's a job interview or something like that. But for her to be doing it for her. Her son and stuff, and it's for such mundane things. It's even the greeting, "Hi, you right. know, how are you?" Feels uncomfortable to to me watching this. I'm like, oh, she's she's not quite ready for this. Well, it I seemed I took that from it that she. I like the psychopath
2: angle, right? Because mm. especially with the the killing of the the butterfly that yeah, uh, you know, comes back at the end. Um, so you know, maybe that is. Yeah. A deeper thing that I have to think about. Um, You know, it was she always already a psychopath. I sort of took it that she has some lingering effect from having done this. Right. Mm. She's she's obviously not as well as she's supposed to be coming out of this. Right. It's taken a toll. The other thing you've mentioned that you didn't mention is that not only was she supposed to kill herself. But she wasn't supposed to stab this guy. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's supposed to shoot him. She's been him. given a gun. Yeah. She's supposed to, you know, they and they assume that she would just shoot him and then <laughs> kill herself. And she's just like, well, it seemed more in character. But what she's done, right? Like, imagine you're in charge of this person. What she's done is not only stab this person in the neck, right? We, You know, we don't know this, but, but been utterly entranced. By mm-hmm. the blood and slow motion, and got the blood all over, and then proceeded to straight up like prison style, oh, yeah. shank <laughs> this dude like twenty times, like like you know, you know, like the psychotic who can't stop stabbing somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what this person has has got full on, and then take her hands, which aren't her hands, are a different, you know, color than her mm-hmm. hands, and mix them in the blood and play in the blood,
1: yes all of which might be a red flag right yeah. well her her sort of um handler um Gerda played by Jennifer Jason Lee <laughs> you're right because she asks that doesn't she she says she she says we gave you you literally had a gun that like, you've gone off book and she says oh i thought it was more in character and her response is whose character right yeah and, and and it's a, even she's a bit like this one's getting a little bit like it's time because because she says to her after like it's time for you to start finding a replacement, yeah I think right. they recognize that she's on the edge um
2: well, and also it seems to me that they recognize you can't this is not a job you can do forever, no. that it takes a psychological toll um there's discussion about how it can take a physical toll on your brain, right um mm. you know this is this is not a job for old men, right
1: yes yeah well you say about you say about the the psychological and this is the this is where the I started to question the sort of the psychopath angle as it were, because then when she does go back to her husband and her child um there's a couple of things like the first thing is she goes straight to the phone that either she has food, you know dinner and stuff and she sleeps with her husband and she's got all these meets friends blah blah, blah. but then straight away she's like on the phone to them going like i'm i'm ready I'm, i, I want to get back in like it's almost like an addiction like yeah you know, it's fulfilling a gap in her that she needs to fulfill or it gives her an excuse to be able to do something and then when her husband's sort of like what are you doing on the phone like she visualizes him with the knife in his neck and there's blood and this other stuff so she's she's fixating on the the kill she's replaying it in her mind but more than that the other one that was curious is her response to her child like hmm. He's very detached almost almost a little bit detached and then when he's asleep she goes in and starts sniffing him like she's she's looking for that scent but she's I took it as like she's looking for some sort of connection that like I should have so I should I should be able to feel something from mm. the scent yeah. of my child and she's a bit like yeah <laughs> I was like okay this is not a well person um
2: well I think it's clear she's not well I sort yeah. of you know, I think you're 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 on to something here. I I sort of was thinking that she, yeah, that she's disconnected, mm-hmm. um, and that there's like a sort of like social disorder, right? Mm. Like I I've known people with social disorders who did rehearse stuff, right, mm. and who didn't necessarily feel. I mean, yeah, like like I took what you took as signs of social, potential sociopathy, I took as potential side effects of her having done this too long right yeah that it's like this is not my beautiful house this is not my beautiful son um this is the person i know is my son this is the person i know is my i mean the ptsd angle of just imagining you know what i'm saying it's like i sort of saw this is a soldier returning home from war going like i can't not imagine the stabbing and my son I, I, I don't know how to relate to him anymore.
1: Yeah. Know? No, that, that that's a really good point actually. Cause one of the things that this film doesn't give you is the cumulative effect of all the How many missions has she been on? Like, has she been, like you say this isn't something you can do for your entire life, but like, has she been doing this for a year, five years, 10 years? Like, you know, how long has this been going on? And it could well be like, Pete, that's a really good point is she may not be, suffering from sort of um you know psychopathy it could be actually this is ptsd she's just detached from everything because of the violence Mm -hmm. and everything and the the strain this has put on her repeatedly um of each of the missions but in doing so it's actually created an addiction because it's the only thing that she's able to connect with because she's so detached from everything else yeah that's what i thought
2: it's like the soldier going like I gotta get back to nah, man. Yeah. Know,
1: like that's the
2: only thing that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know how to relate to these people anymore.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. It's a really good point. I mean, this this could be an allegory for that, for you know, someone struggling to uh acclimatize back to civilian life, as it were. Like, you know, it's it's, it's there. Um, but it's that thing, isn't it? This you you've got everything at home. You always get that sort of the storybook ending even Rambo got it in the in the fourth one you get to go home you know you know your time's done son go home it's time for you to settle down like wait how do you do that after you've gone through everything that they've gone through
2: um well was that the point of the first Rambo right like yeah and the second one and uh and and
1: it's and the third one actually oh and the fourth yeah they're all they're all (laughs) they're very similar in that sense uh but yeah exactly um and, and this but is... in this case, like
2: there, there's actual reason to think there is neurological damage, mm. you know, and it which you know there is in PTSD anyway, frankly, right? Mm. I mean, we're, we're learning, but um, you know that there may be decaying of of her own brain and some of those those synapses. I mean, the, you know, we don't know the details of this machine, but it's clear that like the FDA is not, you know. Standing oh, yeah. watch, making sure this <laughs> yeah, is done yeah. appropriately.
1: Yeah, this this technology does not come with like a a, 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 like a, a user manual that's been approved by someone. <laughs> this is this has got some extra. Um, one thing I did like when she because she does get a, a follow up mission, which is this Colin Tate, which is she's got to kill, kill use him to kill um, Colin's girlfriend, Colin's dad, who is Sean Bean. So Sean Bean's destined to die in every film. So. Um, <laughs> But the 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 thing that I thought was interesting is she's not just dropped in. It's not like just whack on the helmet and off you go. Like it it shows that actually there's a little bit of, um, she she follows them like she's watching him, and she's sort of mimicking his, trying to mimic his speech patterns and some of the words he says, and she's learning about who he is so that when she gets dropped in, she can. Replicate that and has the knowledge to do it as well, which I thought was a nice little section to show there's actually research and there's homework that goes d- with mm-hmm. doing this job um which made it feel a bit more like oh, they've thought this through this is you know it's not mission impossible where all of a sudden the- here's your mission <laughs> go do there's there's actual work that goes with it,
2: yeah no and i think and i think that's good and I, and i think that you know she's a great actor uh mm. you know and a great actress and you know she is sort of uh mesmerizing on the screen um there's a, there's a real presence despite her sort of being out of it the whole time right yeah. like you know there's a lot of her staring off into, into space but um you know but uh she's very good
1: yeah uh, andrea uh, roisborough yeah, I've seen mm. her in a couple of things that she's very good. Um, I want to talk about the the. It does then get to this thing. They kidnap Colin Tate. They drill into his head, and you see sort of bits of that. But the bit I loved that I was really, I really liked. and I think you know we go to the bonus features because we talk about uh the short film that was made as a sort of like to film for Brandon Cronenberg to test out some ideas and stuff. But there's a scene here where where she goes into the machine and she is merged with Colin Tate. And it's sort of, at first I was like, Oh, it's going to have some sort of like twist and thing, but like, no, it has her like melt, like a wax figure Mm -hmm. and then reform, but as him and it does all this stuff. And I thought that was fantastic. I really loved all that scene. The sort of like the, the merging or that sort of thing of, of how she's possessing this person. Um, really gave it sort of like almost like a painful experience um to do which i thought was really really cool yeah and it evokes the
2: sense of identity right Mm. where where does one mind begin and the other end um you know and you do see her sort of like checking out his body and sort of examining his penis (laughs) and stuff like that you know but but not in a gimmicky kind of big way you know um you know yeah there's
1: no comedy to it there's no sort of like oh my god sort of like you know it's um... uh and
2: and that image you know besides like sort of melting identity you know it also gets at the horror of sort of like like you say like this is not a fun comedic experience right this is like puts a strain on somebody and Mm. she and you do get the sense whether it's sociopathy or or mental toughness or something that she's been select. She's gone through tests. She's, she's a veteran at this. Um, she wasn't selected off the street. Right. I mean, no. she is, um, she's a toughie.
1: Yeah. Well, it goes with it. Cause it's not just this, obviously that goes with like weapons training and you've obviously, you know, you've then got to commit an act of murder that I suppose mm-hmm. you could sort of distance yourself from because it's being done physically by somebody else. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of strain and a lot of sort of, you know, stuff that would go with this. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact as well that this, you know, you say that there's a strain that goes with this. So, Cause she's on her own technically, like she's in this person's, um, being she's in that, the physical of, of, of Colin Tate. Um, and she can communicate back at base. I like the way they did that with the sort of the reverb of both voices at the same time and stuff, but, um, when she, when he first is talking to Tate's girlfriend, uh, who's one of the targeted victims, and he's trying to, you know, uh, Voss is through Colin is trying to have you know, speak properly, ask the right questions, and she says like, well, "You've been mm. really, you're, you're in a great mood. You, you're being strange, aren't you?" Like she's jokingly saying it, but there's, I love the fact there's that moment of like, "Oh, okay, I've got to calibrate myself."
2: Mm. Um, to yeah, be, what do you in, make of that? I mean, because that comes back. Uh, it comes back, like at the party or whatever. You know, is it just that because we see her sort of rehearsing with mm. a with a microphone, like you know, listening to the way he speaks and trying to imitate his cadence? Um, I, I'm not sure.
1: Well, there's two why things... that wouldn't come
2: naturally in his brain, but yeah, but what is it that, she, that the you know, that the girlfriend's hearing that's different or seeing. I think it's,
1: it's his mood. Cause I think the thing, so yeah. one of the things that's interesting, I like the fact is like, it has almost like a, um, there's a file, there's a motive they're trying to create because there's a narrative that's got to go with this. He can't just be like, Oh, he snapped and he killed these people. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to create a narrative that will throw the police off as well. So the point they're trying to make is um, the strain of being uh, basically in a crappy job, but being but dating the daughter of the boss um he's emotionally unstable all that straight you know mm-hmm. so he he keeps building up to say oh in the I think they want to have witnesses say well in the days before this happened like he was really wasn't himself he was staying you know he was acting paranoid or whatever or out of character so I think he's looking to do that but or sorry Voss is looking to do that with tape but but manage it um which is because then they say that he gets she gets told to do it at the party is to have a public blowout with the girlfriend's uh dad mm-hmm. so it's sort of it's building up to create that when he does snap it's like they can go oh that's what's caused it crazy person you know or he's sort of under pressure or drunk or whatever crime of passion whatever they are mm-hmm. so i see that but i feel like i feel like that first scene is she voss is dipping her toe in the water and it's sort of like okay mm-hmm. that that doesn't does that work does that not work I know how to talk like him, but what works in this relationship kind of thing. Right. Which again, it shows there's work being done to, to build this up. It doesn't always go straight, you know, uh, right first time sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, You know, I, I think, I think I get that impression. Um, I was more pleased with the, with the party scene and what you're talking about, uh, like sort of setting the stage, Mm. um, crafting a convincing narrative. Um, I think that's, very effective Um, and you know we i think you know of course every every two days or so we have a new school shooter over here um so you know um we're always looking at terrible mass murder events and wondering you know what was the motive can we ever reconstruct it if somebody's dead um you know so uh yeah that kind of stuff Certainly hits home, and and, and also plays into uh, the movie makes you feel a little paranoid, right? Yeah. Of sort of like, right? Is, is this going on? How much of you know? Because obviously cops follow narratives, right? Cops like to have a neat little, you know, mm. story that makes sense. And guy couldn't take it anymore, you know, uh, berated by his his girlfriend's father, you know, gets drunk. You know, gets kicked out and then comes back for revenge. You know, is is especially if the guy's dead. Maybe it's a simple story that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it works, and they're able to sort of carry it away. I think, and that's what I like about it that they've, they've, they've thought about this. Like, they've tried to give it this explanation of like, there's got to be a narrative. There's got to be a sort of a believable motive. Da, da da Um, and that that all works pretty well, actually. One of the things I thought was interesting, though, is and it's not really. I may have missed it, to be honest, but. One of the things is that uh, Tate works for the boss, who is Sean Bean, who is I was going to find the find the character, John Pass. Um, and what we find is that his his job appears to be sort of basically wearing a VR headset to look through people's webcams and is describing the <laughs> the curtains and stuff that mm-hmm. they have in their house, but in each occasion, like basically it's their bedroom and he catches there's a scene where he basically um it's voss that's in there gets a bit thrown off so she she sees two people having sex um and you know they basically call out they're like you're going too slow move on to the next one uh what is it you see and i was like i don't what what is the job <laughs> like i don't like is this uh- I, I, I think I know
2: what the job is. I think that I, I don't know that it makes sense. But I think the job is basically like, you know, when you do the captchas and the captures like find the find the buses in, yeah, this, yeah. you know, find the streetlights. Right. So that's actually storing your work. You're actually doing work mm. for companies when you do that. Right. So, like, they do know the answers, but they're also. Still, so, You know, if you get the answer wrong, you get another try. So actually, they do take the mass of information and I are using that to develop AI, right? right, and develop better ability for software to recognize those things. Um, so there are, like on Amazon Turk, where you can farm out these kinds of jobs. There are jobs like this where your job is to, like, <laughs> identify stuff in you know, photos or identify, like, is this pornographic how would you you know characterize this car you mm. know and you've got to type in adjectives or whatever and this is like to train ai um or something like that um you know I, in fact there's a there's an adult swim uh uh um, parody like you know there too many uh too many cooks where there's a parody where it's a a for-profit university that basically guarantees people jobs after they graduate but the job that they all get is identifying things right. for ai like this you know <laughs> where they're sitting on a computer for like eight hours or 12 hours just you know clicking like is this a dog yes no. <laughs> you know on image after image um so i think this is a more sophisticated version of that um mm. uh, maybe it's a thing for a for a uh, curtain company that wants to know some information or something like that yeah. or, or train it's an a- ai
1: but it is bizarre it is bizarre you could use a little more explanation yeah (laughs) yeah because what's what's funny as well is that um the girlfriend's friends know about Mm. it they know what the job is uh because one of them admits that she basically sits in front of on a daily basis sits in front of her webcam and masturbates just to give them something to look Mm. at you're like all right okay this is a known thing like this is bizarre but fair enough um so yeah, but the job—I I get the drudgery of the job. So, like they're, again, they're setting this thing up with like it's a, there's a drudgery. It's under pressure because it's like the production line. But like you say, doing something for somebody else. So I, I like this idea of that like, they've picked this character of this Colin for a reason. Um, but I, yeah, but it's never explained like how he's met the the girlfriend or how he's got a connection because the the boss has given him this job. But basically, it's like. Past has given him this job to basically drive him away
2: um oh, it's like it's like I'll give you a job in the mail room and by the way yeah. the mail room's terrible <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's on fire um yeah yeah no it, it, I like all this sort of stuff um it is interesting um but it's the work this is where I think the that like you say uh the world buildings a little bit mm. i don't I don't need loads but like there's a little there's gaps in the world building where I'm like okay t- 2 minutes or you know 2 to 5 minutes here or there would have helped this a little bit more um a yeah. lunchroom scene with people you know on the production line with him or something like that would have been quite interesting
2: yeah no no you're right i mean how do they how do they know the the other question is um you know how when they talk about privacy and masturbating on the webcam i mean The implication is that, you know, this is playing off of privacy concerns, right? Mm. And all of us giving our data to, you know, uh, tech companies, except those tech companies aren't supposed to be spying on us through our webcams, right? Uh, Um, You know, the same is true of your camera on your phone, right? Um, You know, you might give them control, you give them permission but they're not supposed to be doing this casually, right? Um, now, you know, Alexa is taking recordings, right? Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. know, and we, we know about this, but that's in order for it to do what its function is, right? So, you know, and you can you can purge that or whatever else, but I'm not, it, it seems like maybe this is, because this is an alternate timeline with this different technology, it seems like maybe there are different rules in this one, Maybe there aren't as many privacy concerns about your webcam. Uh, because well, it's clearly in the open, right? I mean, I was like gonna say, these- yeah,
1: that's what I was gonna say. It's almost like everyone seems to know about it and, and not be concerned. So um but I also think like it, it goes back to this yeah, you know, this theme of you say about privacy. because um, obviously Voss is invading someone's most personal mm-hmm. space, he's invading his brain. Um and these cameras the ones we see. That's my see. least
2: personal space, by the way. Yes,
1: yeah. But the, the cameras are all in people's bedrooms. Like, when you she goes through, like, you know, we, we see beds pretty much in every single, uh, as it slots through. So, again, it's this, like you say, this invasion of privacy. It's this technology is allowing someone to reach into your most personal areas. So I get that it's sort of a replication of of that. Um, but this seems to be where, as well, the first part of the film of we get to see that there's some sort of degradation between Voss and Tate. Like something started mm. to go wrong. Um But what what's what's? It's one of those things in films that really bothers me when you get characters like this. It's always it's a trope that sort of um it's a bit annoying. It's not it's it's fine, but like you get the the protagonist, mm. and then something happens like this. They pass out or. You know, they know this is dangerous technology or something happens, and then they go, "They know, what happened with that? You, your, your, te- you know, your vital spikes. And they go, No, no, it's fine. I'm going to carry on. And you're just like, mm. Don't be tough. Don't be so bloody stupid. Cause, you know, it's just, it's this sort of, you know, I was going to say, Machuism, but it's not really applicable here, but it is, but it is, but it's this thing of like carrying on. And I'm just like,
2: mm.
1: I, I sort of get it, but like, I don't know, it just, it feels tropey. <laughs>
2: You're right. No, you're you're totally right. I mean, and I find myself thinking in those circumstances, like the real professionals tend to share that information. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, real professionals aren't like, golly, I've got to hide this. I mean, even in the military, you know, um, you know, you hear stories about people, you know, carrying somebody who's wounded who weighs two hundred pounds, you know, across the desert, you yeah. know, and and not complaining. But it, it's not like they don't tell you know, somebody, you know, on the radio, I've got this guy, right? Because they want (laughs) to be tougher. I mean, the other thing, like, I think the implication is that she doesn't want to be pulled out. She wants to keep doing this job. She's been hiding her own degradation and her own difficulty for some time. We don't know how long, but that she basically, like, should have retired a ways ago. It's not about the money, it doesn't seem like. It Mm. seems like she just likes the job and can't relate to her family, you know? Uh, God, I can sympathize. God, I hate my family. Um, That's a joke. Um, But, no, I mean, it it seems like she just really wants to just avoid her family. Um, Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying, though. It's like, this could be a very different movie if they just said your vitals are spiking. Like you're telling me it's fine. It's not the equipment. I know mm. it's not the equipment. You clearly just had an episode. We need to talk about this.
1: Yeah, you know, goes my private. Let's go through it. Like we're not stopping the mission, but we got to at least mm. discuss it. Sure. Um, of course. Which is you know, and, and that handler is going to get in trouble for not doing. Yeah. Well, it ends up being that. I think it sort of it degenerates after that, so it sort of de- you know, devolves into a bit of a mess. Um, because that's the point. This is the point when it goes to the party and then alcohol's involved, and then she de- uh, Voss sort of carries out the attack on uh, Sean Bean, past, and ends up also killing the girlfriend. Uh, and it's all going to... Her, but then she can't bring herself to... Shoot herself. in herself. The- Yeah. And this seems to be where there's some... She says, "Pull me out," and she's about to kill herself. And there seems yeah. to be, you know, it should be able to all happen, but this is where the walls just seem to collapse between who is Tate and who is Voss inside the head, because the thing starts in the the net inside the head starts to degrade. Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm. This is where I sort of question things. Why don't they pull him out? Well, so why well, don't they pull her out? Because at this yeah. point, like he's done all this stuff. He's acting up at the party, even if he does survive and the police pull him in. Like, I don't know. It feels like,
2: yeah, I, I'm confused by this too, but I'm confused by the pull them out pull me out. Right. Cause she, cause she says this when she was, she says this earlier in the first mm. scene, you know, uh, not the first scene, but with the, with the woman she possesses. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, why would you want to... Is the implication that if you... Is the suggestion that if you were pulled out, that somehow the brain you're being pulled out of is going to pull the trigger? Well, I don't think that makes sense. No,
1: that's that's it. So she can't um, she can't. So leave. why get pulled out
2: before yeah. you pull the trigger? She's saying, pull me out, because she can't pull the trigger. But they need to dispose of the person who whose body they're in. So yeah. why would you say pull me out? Why why is she saying pull me out anyway?
1: Well is it, that's because almost like you, I'm ready to go. It's almost like, you know, two to two right. to transport, you know, sort of thing. It's like I'm ready to go. <laughs> two to <beam> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I
2: mean you see like you see what I'm saying? The job's not done. No. It, it's almost like if you if you pull them out, they'll fire the gun as a muscle reflex or something, you know, and that'll get around having to pull the trigger herself. I mean or, or is it that like you want to feel that you're being pulled out before you fire the gun because you don't want to be in a dying
1: brain? I mean, th- this is where so I this don't is know. Where, this is where I wanted to see. There's something missing here in the story, where mm. she's had a mission before, where she successfully killed herself, but the mm. experience of, like you say, of being in a dying brain or, or not being able to detached from that person's personality or having that moment of suicide replayed over and over again. Maybe she's it in front of a mirror or something is what's really damaged her. Like she's seen, mm. she saw that moment of suicide in, and then obviously has, has lived on from it. Like, you know, what do you, what are you if you live beyond a successful suicide? Like, you know, <laughs> um, and maybe that's, you know, there feels that there's a damaging moment. There's a trauma mm. that isn't, revealed um yeah that's causing this hesitancy and i think that's a bit of a gap in the story that that could do with being filled um that's that's where i think it comes to because there is because it because it doesn't feel they, they keep saying about the technology like they can put she's talking to the person at the other end so it's not right. it's right. not like there's a um, oh you co- you know, if you're connected at the time at the moment of death, like you die too. It's not like there's any of right. that. It's that's right. Um there's no implication there. No. So I don't know, it seems like there's something there's a just justification for that missing that I think.
2: Yeah, I mean the, I I don't even understand what you know, like pull me out needs, you know, entirely. Um I assume they shut it off and then mm. this person gets their their brain back, but why would you do that with a gun to your head right i mean like i don't know you know throw yourself out of a building or something you know and say for me i mean you know i i i don't know like you said there's no there's no suggestion they well they need anyway,
1: to so. you know the, the reason i think she's got to shoot herself in the face oh well, they shooting yourself throwing stuff off a building would work but they've got to destroy mm-hmm. the brain because although there's a it's a right. biodegradable net there's all the signs of surgery that's gone on. So I think they've got to.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. Just
1: des- destroy the head, you know, just destroy right. the brain, destroy the head to sort of hide the tie up the loose ends as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems yeah. to be, so yeah, but it-, it just, it just feels odd. Cause then the- the- that's when obviously the things start coming apart. And because of what happens at the ending, I don't know why they don't do, Other things? Other things. Yeah, we'll get to it when we get to the ending.
2: Well, well, let's talk for a second about gender. Let's stop at this point, because I think there's something interesting going on here. I mean, first of all, you do see a lot of genitalia in this movie for, you know, Mm. uh, a a mainstream release. Um, You know, there is a shot of her in his body with a penis. Mm. Um, There's also... um, you know, obviously the the webcam stuff, you know, uh, stuff like that. And yeah, you know, I'm not bothered by any of this. It, it's interesting, but the the thing that I wanted to highlight is especially um, the body that she possesses uh, and his relationship to that girlfriend, mm. uh, because this is a story about a where the woman is the main character. And why not have it be a woman? Because it's somebody possessing somebody else, right? Yeah. Um. There's no need for that to be a man. And, you know, there's actually, you know, I mean, the qualities that you need are like endurance and, you know, mental endurance and some things that possibly women are better at anyway. Mm. Um, But certainly there's no reason for this. You know, it's like Avatar, right? Like there's no need for the person who goes in to be a white guy, right? Yeah. So, you know, okay, kudos to them. But so then again, you've got a woman as the protagonist who is invading or raping a man Mm -hmm. um, as the main uh, character that she invades. Um, And he is somebody who's uh, emasculated. So, you know, his relationship to his girlfriend is that he only has this job, horrible as it is, terrible and soul destroying as it is because of her boss and it reminds her me father, of Her father we should say yeah perfect yeah. her, her, yeah. thank you and and it reminds me of sort of this dynamic that we see and we talk about about you know sort of men um uh you know you know i'm often interested by this a sort of i know a lot of women who cuz clearly his girlfriend is an intelligent woman right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just you know from a rich family but also intelligent probably more intelligent than he is um and It reminds me of this phenomenon of sort of, you know, in this case, a woman with connections who's probably got a college degree, you know, and who has this boyfriend who she likes, but is kind of a bum. And and so this is the kind of like, you know, it's not the incel thing, but it's kind of like the, you know, my boyfriend just wants to play video games. And I got him a job. I, I got him a job and he... Does nothing but bitch about the job, you know, like I'm inheriting money, Uh, you know like what are, and then her friends tease him too, mm-hmm. right, so there's clearly a kind of gender thing going on there, and I wondered if you had any thoughts about that
1: no, you know I actually um I did think about it from uh not that to much in that sense that's a really good point, I mean that's sort of this thing about you know. Going back to incels, you're also thinking about sort of the Andrew Tate kind of scenario, this sort of like ultra matchification, the alpha male kind of scenario of you know, and all this other stuff. This other it's all, bullshit, but this other mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, it, I did think about some of that, but one of the things I thought that was that, that sort of played to me was it was about this thing you say about, um. She's invading this guy's body and she does it. She examines the body. You know, she and it's it's not done for titillation, it's not done in a sort of in any none of it. Nothing in this film is ever sexy, let's put it that way. Um, but she examines and she does Well the murders. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, well, yes, of course. (laughs) Goes without saying. Um, but when she examines his body, like she's doing it almost as a sort of like a oh, I mean a man's body, I need to know the body. So she sort of examines it. It's not clinical, but it's not it's you know it's not sensuous either it's sort of somewhere in the middle. So she examines his genitals and all this other stuff, fine. And then she lives. But then she she sleeps with the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that was the bit that I was like, huh, that's interesting because. And this is this is an odd thing for me. I've, I have thought about. It. I mean, and I've, I've actually discussed this with people. Like, I'm a male. I'm a, I'm a cis white male, so I understand the. Uh, sensations of sex from a, a male perspective, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then, the, as a, but women. So, but when a man has an orgasm, it's a very, it's, it's one way. If a woman has an orgasm, it's a very different sort of physical and, and psychological experience. So, how would it be for her to be in a man's mm-hmm. body to then get an erection and to sort of to you know to then penetrate and to have that orgasm? I was like, how that that in itself, because it's it's. And that's when he has and she has one of those moments of the wall breaking down mm. a little bit during that during the the sex scene and it struck me as um mm. it's at moments of like you say sort of like gender um where the genders do sort of separate biologically in that in this case that it's almost like that the wall starts to sort of fracture a little bit. And is it because she's not able to process, so she's never had to expect like process that experience before? Like again, we don't know what her. We don't know. We yeah. don't know, because the the first case we see is another woman, like she's possessing another woman. So fine. So I was just I was because that then did make me think about obviously you know being a trans person if you go through that full, um, the full surgery and you go through the full transition to you know to become the fully physically the other gender like yeah you do experience things very differently but and i don't know and i can't talk to it really but i am curious to say like well because there's there's the chromosomal sort of like genetic male like myself you know i'm i experience things as a male physically is What i'm saying you know and then there'll be a woman genetically a woman experiences if you've then gone through the transition and you've gone through and you've had such It's almost like, I don't want to say the third option, but like you have gone through a transition. You're never going to be fully female or male if you did a transition because you've had, you know, there's things are never going to be exactly the same, but you are closer. So, how psychologically trying to sort of process that change of sensation must be incredibly, I don't know. I I can't, but that really what made me think about was like, it's there's a sensation there that sort of breaks that barrier a little bit. I think that's very I think it's
2: very interesting what you said, that those moments of gender serve as a possible disruption, you know, or mm. breaking the barrier or possibly contributing to that further uh, erosion of that barrier between the two minds that causes mm. the third act. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that when I was younger, um, you know, when I was a 20 year old man and. You know sort of uh, i i sort of saw the distinction between uh the sexes and the genders as uh much more extreme than i do now mm-hmm. um you know i mean i still see biological difference even though that's unpopular but i but i suspect personally that you know first of all i mean people have had that experience right and you say it's not the same but i mean you know, okay. I'm so, guessing I
1: can't say because I've never, re- I've never. I'll probably, well never will experience it, but yeah. But, but, our, I mean,
2: like the nerves aren't exactly the same, right, mm. from mm-hmm. the surgery right now. But I mean, you know, I mean, but, um, you know, but we are talking about basically the same wiring. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I think that you know, as a man or as a woman, the experience of penetrating versus being penetrated has to be very different, and I think that that is we're very focused on that that difference yes having said that um i don't think it would cause like you know um i mean i think like if i could mentally possess a woman and experience you know what she experienced i don't think that i would be like traumatized and be like it's oh totally different i have uh-huh. no idea golly gee what they were going through you know um shiver me timbers you know i i mean i i think i probably be like oh it's interesting it's different i i would like to have that experience that sounds fascinating um but i don't know um i i don't know that it would be as shocking but it's certainly something to think about right i mean certainly it's it would be different right i mean it would be you know something that would um you know, add to one's repertoire of of human experiences mm. um, that's very unique.
1: I don't know. It, it just yeah, and it, it, you're right. I don't think it'd be as earth shattering or a sort of like you know conscious shattering as as, as some things, but I, th- I think it would be a very different experience. Mm. But the the point I think I want to make with the film is that there are this net provides like this network whatever in, in in Tate's head provides like control, but also a barrier. Like there's a wall. He's, he's walled off in some sort of capacity. And I don't right. know how well, that. what well, I don't know what that experience is like for him during that time. But he sort of breaks through at points of mm-hmm. either arousal. Because when she has the she has the trip out when she's got the goggles on at work, it's when she sees these two people having sex. Mm. Good point. And then it's obviously during sex that it's sort of um, he sort of. It it happens again, and that's that's that sort of let's say that sexual arousal. But when it really starts to fall apart is is later on when it's sort of like it would seem that this anger that they've played up for this narrative is real, and actually sort of the the wall starts to break down when there is further arousal, which is this hot. You know, the body is heightened. It so it's you know. I don't know, it sort of feels like there's there's something in that that there's some there's something in mm. Tate in as well as in Voss that's causing mm. this breakdown. Um and I that's think it's like, there's something in him that's I think almost like a you s you've we've referred to her sort of potential sociopathy or psychopathy, but I think there's something in Tate as well that's causing this. He's got a, like a mm. like a simmering anger, like he is genuinely he may have even considered what actually happens. <laughs> yeah
2: um that's possible i i haven't thought about that um I, I i was going to say you know before we moved on that it might be one reason why you'd want to have a boss be female mm. uh because the you know uh possessing and having sex in a woman's body as a man probably wouldn't fly in 2020 uh as easily as the reverse right yeah um But, you know, you're right. You know, so let's think about those murders, right? Because we have two, we have two main murders, right? One is Mm -hmm. the stabbing at the beginning, where Mm -hmm. it just goes on and on and on. And then the uh, the other is she's got a gun, but kills the, you know, succession, you know, sort of boss guy uh, with a poker Mm -hmm. um, and shoves it in his mouth, you know, and watches him as she twists it and then stabs him. Underneath the eye. Um, there's some very graphic stuff here mm. um, of her essentially, you know, sort of playing with the victim as he gurgles. And we find out later he actually has survived. But mm. um, we only hear that on TV. I'm not sure why that winds up being
1: important if it does. It's because it's, it's um, I think this is part of the thing like his mission has failed. Like, right. Although, because although, he's not fully recovering he's survived but he won't recover but it still right. feels like the mission is not the mission is incomplete.
2: Yeah, right. And you know, um you know she's sort of botched it. And then she kills, you know, uh she kills his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I thought that's exquisitely well done. Um you know she fires and you're not really sure if she hit the girlfriend. Um but you do see the bullets and you think like in a in a lesser movie, right? You would think, like, you know, a Mission Impossible movie or something. (laughs) You think, like, oh, you know, it just missed, right? It just happened to miss and it it hit the wall right behind, you know, Mm. she was running away. But Voss isn't distracted. Voss is going to, and maybe because of sociopathy, but Voss (laughs) is like, I'm going to keep playing with this corpse for a minute here, you know, before I go check on the girlfriend, who's also my mission to kill. And then we find the girlfriend, oh, has taken two in the back, right? Yeah. Is really struggling. And gets finished off then with the gun. Here again, I think the movie knows it's 2020 and doesn't want to play with a woman's body as she's murdered. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of
1: it what, is clear. There's anger int- yeah. in, the, in the body,
2: the host, but. Yeah.
1: And how what? Because what, what, that's what I think would be interesting. Because when we get to the third act, I think you know, we'll get to the mm. finale. I think, you know, because this is sort of leading into that. That's what led me to question this. Because there are several scenes, you know. And again, I'm not questioning how Brandon Cronenberg films this, but you say about having the the guy who plays Tate, you know, having a man beating a woman to death with the poker is is a very difficult thing to show. I think in 2020 and sort of it's fine for have Sean Bean beaten to death because he dies in every film, so it's almost like <laughs> in his, his contract. But <laughs> what would be interesting is, and I think it would throw in something different, isn't you know? They could eat, do it quite easily. Is have the actress play plays Voss, have them on screen committing the act. And, you know, you mm-hmm. know you mm-hmm. know it's not her there physically, it's Tate, but it's her that's in it's her that's experiencing that moment and her that's her anger or her and that way if she was to beat the girlfriend to death following the gunshots, mm-hmm. like you'd be like, Oh no, this isn't a man beating on a woman, this is someone who's got this is like Voss who's clearly psychotic or something beating on this. This is something extreme. I think would actually would have been even, it would have been uncomfortable, but I think it would have possibly been laid out the situation even more um, than, than, you know, than it is already.
2: Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I, I did kind of wonder if it was, especially, I think the moment where I wonder if it's pulling its punches is when, uh, he finishes off the, you know, uh, well, she in, in Voss in his body finishes off the girlfriend with a shot to the head. And I thought, well, compared to the, you know, 10 minutes of <laughs> slow uh, head thrumper yeah. that I've been watching, um, this is so mercifully brief. And it comes later, right? So if anything, it should be an escalation. Mm. Um, that sort of felt like pulling its punches a
1: little bit. I agree. But, until the end, in which uh, when they, they, yeah. the child gets involved, and then I'm like, Oh no, they're <laughs> that's quite beautiful. Right. Gonna, so they're, let's they're talk gonna...
2: about the, the third yeah. act.
1: So the third act so leads into that so basically he um he's botched the mission. He's right? botched the mission, he goes yeah. on the run, hides out in the friend of the girlfriend, uh who she's shown an interest in him, so she he's gonna use that as a hideout, or Voss is gonna use that as a hideout. But the wall is starting to break down. Like he's, you know, there's a, there's almost like memory gaps happening. Um, mm. Where he's passing out. We don't know who's doing what. Cause we, uh, and then this guy turns up. Uh, well, first off, we actually say, we find out that the girl, this, this friend says, yo, oh, she's going to go have a shower. And then we never really see anything. And then we find out she's been killed as well. Mm. Um, and so you're a bit like, okay, well, wow.
2: We see, uh, take raise the gun. Yeah. To her she, and it's a really creepy kind of like psycho mm. moment, right? But you don't see the actual murder.
1: No. So you sort of like, you can sort of assume, but you're never entirely sure. Yeah. But it's confirmed. And But, but this is when, when Tate sees it, he's shocked. But then another person comes in who we've seen is a friend from work who knows all this stuff, but is now what they call, he calls him like a, a handler, kind of, kind of thing. Like he's a. Mm he's there to help and he brings the calibration machine so that they can recalibrate and get the thing done um right but it doesn't quite go to plan <laughs> um and
2: right and then basically you know Tate regains control and yes. goes to but her he's, house. he's
1: he's able to access this is where it becomes a two way street like he's able to access right. her memories uh, and her thoughts, and so yeah, he tracks down. He meets the son. Eventually, sort of gets into the. House. He knows her name. He's managed to sort of get her name, uh, and he gets into the house and he starts attacking the husband, asking where she is, because um, he wants to sort of get her out. And it's then she sort of comes. There's a. I, I like it. There's a nice scene where they almost have like an internal conversation. Hmm. Um.
2: Yeah, I was confused by that. I mean, so so a couple of things here. One is you pointed out that Tate is himself violent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny, like, we take this for granted in stuff like Total Recall, where it's like, yeah. yeah, the person doing the possessing and the person you're possessing are both violent. There's a kind of, like, in the, in the 80s and 90s, you just assume, like, anybody is one bad situation away from committing, you know, murder. And Not even a bad situation,
1: yeah. just give them a gun, <laughs> just give them a gun. And all of a sudden things go sideways. That's, that was the rule in the eighties. But yeah,
2: right. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I mean, look, it's a premise of Die Hard, which, you know, gets so much acclaim because it just says, Hey, that's a hard transition to make. You're going to step yeah. on glass. And we're like, <laughs> brilliant. Everybody else just instantly <laughs> became, a, an action hero. Um, but now it's 2020 and that's no longer the case. Um, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, first you have a point about like how he takes to this very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, violence is not so and, and and acting in an intimidating way, going to somebody's home, you know, in, implicitly threatening their kid. These are not lines to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, that he's crossing. Um, it doesn't seem like. I was confused by when he sort of calls upon her and she appears in the room. Like I guess I'm willing to go along with the idea that he would have access to some of her memories, some of her thoughts. Why would you then, you know, it's I, you know I hate when there's the sort of fight club thing of like, you know, it's such a cliche of like every mental illness involves imagining
1: somebody in the room with you. The two personalities, the two personalities have to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the moon night version of doing it through a mirror, or (laughs) you go into an internal space where the two characters can face off and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's all, it's there. It's supposed to, because they talked sort of, but this is where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. This is where I sort of, um, it gets really interesting because this is where they do something that that I've just suggested they should have done previously, because we know that it's Tate in the house, and the uh, it's Tate that kills the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he he attacks the husband and basically sort of stabs him, and and it's not Voss. It's Tate that kills the husband as a sort of a as almost like a revenge act on Voss. Then the son comes in and shoots um, the small child. small blonde child comes in and shoots Tate. And there's obviously this thing of, like, then he falls to the ground, pulls around, fires, and shoots the kid in the chest. And you see the bloods that sort of come out. But it's not Tate that then fires three more times. It's Voss. Mm. They have the actress who plays Voss. In the clothes mm-hmm. of Tate firing three times, including through the head of her son. And she, there's a hesitation. Like she stops, like Voss, uh, Tate's killed the, the kid. And then she fires three more times. And then when the boy's down, you hear someone say, Pull me out. And you find out that it was right. Jennifer Jason Lee, that's, that her, her handler, that's done this. But it's still Voss that killed her own. Son, I not hadn't thought Tate.
2: About that.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder what you wanted to know. What you thought of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I hadn't really processed that. Um, I mean, you know, is the is that the the argument for the sociopathy that okay. really underneath both Tate and Voss hate all the people they killed?
1: Like they both wanted to do it. That's a, yeah. Well. You there's several things you can argue for. You can argue for the fact that she knows that her son has, has been possessed mm-hmm. um in order to take her out. So it's self-defense. It's not though, because she's not in the room. She's off in a machine somewhere.
2: Really?
1: So that, so that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Or is it like you say, that moment of combination where the barriers completely come down and it's just rage and, you
2: know yeah i mean i kind of thought like you know it was sort of like self the sort of self defense instinct but Mm -hmm. also like at that point those that kind of imagery had gotten confusing to me to the point where i'm not really clear where because she's in his clothing it makes Mm -hmm. sense that yeah okay so that's her doing it you know i i just uh you know it was clear to me at times that it's tate you know in the house but we've had so much imagery kind of combining them that I'm never a hundred percent sure who's doing what. Yeah. Um, well,
1: it was one of those interesting things of like, it's one of the things I was expecting I'm, I've talked about a trope. They one trope that they did. Hmm. And this is where I think this is where the ending's so interesting. She's shot, but like, and take goes down. And then the kids, like, she shoots me in the face. And firstly, I like the fact it's not, like, a perfect shot through the middle of the Mm -hmm. forehead, which drives me nuts. Like, it's this is a Cronenberg film. We're going to get something different. (laughs) Like, it blows out the back of his head, but, like, it's through his cheek, and it squirts, and it does all kinds of, like, really, Mm. like, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But. Realistic. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it it was, really. Um, But one of the things I was expecting was, like, To see it, to see Voss as Tate, or you know, in some way, depict Mm. him sort of pulling himself across the floor, going like, "No, no," the the instant regret or something, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. or you know, cradling the child in their hands or arms or something, or you know, soaked with blood, um, and then going to being pulled out or something, but they don't; they just have the blood filling the floor, Um, and that's
2: such a beautiful shot, right? mm. I mean, the gun is sort of between them. But there's this beautiful, beautiful shot of the blood mingling, uh, coming together as both of their blood sort of seeps towards each other across the floor. That is this kind of strange, beautiful connection. Um, It really is lovely. And I hope someday to have a connection with a son of my own like that. The, I'm not yeah. joking. I, I'm <laughs> the on the floor. Yeah, this yeah. episode. But yeah. No, no, no. I, my, but it is it a is really beautiful. well shot, though. It it's very beautiful. beautiful. Oh, it
1: is. It's, the, the, I think yeah. the cinematography in this is spot on throughout. I think it's some really amazing shots. Um, But one of the things that, that it goes back to then is you find it's Jennifer Jason Lee and, and, and you know, Gerda and Voss are taking on the machines and they do the tests again. And it's where it ends. Mm-hmm. And this is where it made me really – this is where it sort of really pushed that psychopathy to me was because you talk about faking things. You know, they fake emotion or they, they, if you're really suffering from psych, you know, being a psychopath or something, you, you fake things. You sort of do this and that. Um, and it's the fact that what the, the, the dialogue she says when she handles the pipe and when she handles the, the, the box with the thing in, is identical to what she mm-hmm. has said previously. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that she's remembering the items and having some sort of connection with those items. She's seeing the item and going, here's the dialogue that goes with this item to show. Yeah, so, I yeah, pass, yeah. So, so I can pass the test and move on. And then she obviously holds. Quite brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then she holds onto the, the, the butterfly and she highlights again that I killed this and I mounted it and stuff. And it's, as you said, it's the thing that she's admitting that, oh, I killed something and put it on display when I was young and I kept it. And it sort of hangs on that. And I'm like, yeah, that you know, this suggests to me that there was always something. She was always a psychopath. There was always something with Voss that was going to lead to this, that, 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 yeah, this was almost like inevitable. Um and then it's, it's, it's left ambiguous because it's like, well, what happens after this? Like, she can't go home. Her family's been killed, and you know, the job's mm-hmm. been kind of botched. So, where to go from here? But it's it's yeah. Any thoughts on that final sort of scene?
2: No, I mean, I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I, I I do wonder what happens next. I mean, I do wonder what's going to happen with this. Uh, I mean you know, your family's dead, right? I mean, um, they're not going to, you know, this is sort of debriefing, but you assume they're not going to put her in again, right? Mm. I mean, her career's over, Uh, her family's dead. I I, I love your psychopathy, you know, sociopathy sort of angle here. Um, I mean, I think it's implicit in that sort of butterfly. I did find it a sort of strange note to end on. And maybe Mm. that's because I didn't, flew in on, you know, like the idea of sort of, well, she was always crazy. She wasn't made crazy by this device. She was always the person who was going to stab 30 times and came, claim it was in character.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's, and that, that was the point. Like, cause even the, even Gerda sort of the, her handler seems to know that there's something there. Cause when she asks like, who, whose character, you know, mm-hmm. um. Right. <laughs> this feels almost like this could have been um you know this should have been the last job like you don't know that there's, you know in another version of this there's an office scene there's a scene back at base where you see her handlers discussing her saying like mm. we've got to, we've got to put her down after this or like this has got to be her last mission she's not because they sort of suggest that like if she stays in too long she's going to have as you said sort of neurological damage and all this other stuff mm-hmm. Um, another version would give you that that would say her repeatedly doing this has caused this degradation, has caused this sort Mm -hmm. of neurological damage. We have caused this by her going on so many missions or whatever. Um, right.
2: Well, that's a possibility, too, right? mm -hmm. Is that that sociopathy has been itself a result of this process, yeah? And we do know that you know, after the botched, um, you know, suicide attempt, you know, um, the, with Tate, that she is bleeding in her, uh, you know, projection mask thing, um, you know, and they say there already is brain damage, right? Mm. And they had sort of have this, like, as close as you're talking about, um, as close as we get to that kind of scene where they're sort of debating, pulling her out, just right in the room and say, no, let's not do that. Um, leave her in. They don't care, seem to care about her. Um,
1: but it's clear that she, there is some sort of damage there. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the yeah. last time, like you say, like you know. But why debrief her if you're just going to sort of like kill her off? Like I don't think they'd be given a. I don't think they'd be. The, their whole point is about a narrative, isn't it? Like they want to be remain distant from. So what's the narrative like? Well, one thing that I find myself wondering about is how are they going to ever explain that he went
2: to her house?
1: Well, that, exactly that's what I'm saying, like there needs to be a narrative mm-hmm. that that she that explains all this away, like you get to that house, why is the sun but you know, so why is the sun all shot up? Why is you know, but if they they know that it's him that commit, killed this bot, the boss and the the the, the girlfriend and this other stuff, so yeah, why does it lead back to her? Why this house? Um, you know, this the stories. There's ways of doing it, I suppose, because he bumps into the sun in the street, doesn't he? Um,
2: yeah, right. Um, On that little uh, road there.
1: Yeah. Um, which I, which I think is twofold. I I, I realised something whilst we were, t- we were talking about it. So that you know you could do that thing of why well, he was just wandering aimlessly and he, he came across this person and they chose him as random victims or. You know, there's ways you could probably explain it away, um, but the kid, that the the boy says about, he asks him what you've got there. He says, "Oh, I've got a map," and it's sort of like, he says, oh, "I was given this map," and it's, it it doesn't really occur to me until now, like that map is probably the trap, the bait that got him out of the house that allowed them to kidnap him so that they could do the surgery on him to be possessed. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I
2: mean, there, there's a lot going on here. So, I mean, mm. if if the uh jennifer jason lee character right if you know she has that comment earlier um after the first job uh where um where voss is uh possessed the uh the black woman Mm. and been killed by the cops says something about like you know don't go back home or you know like it's kind of critical of her you know uh doing that of kind of like maintaining this kind of connection mm. and then she's the one who winds up being the sun right controlling the sun yeah and arranging for you know the end result of this is that she, her family's dead maybe that voss's family's dead maybe the point is like uh to manipulate voss to make voss more sociopathic not less, you know. We're assuming that the problem is that boss is a sociopath, you know. Uh, I'm not a say, bit selected but, for this, but maybe yeah. the point is like to be perfect at this job, you've got to be a sociopath. And like, how much of this is a conspiracy
1: to kill Voss's family? That's yeah, very good point. Like by removing that that emotional connection or the last the last tethers of that emotional connection, she's actually now a much more efficient. Uh, possessor, a much more efficient efficient killer. No, but she's still unreliable. Maybe. She's still unreliable. Like She'd still be going in and being like, we gave you a gun, yet you use a chainsaw. Can you stop doing that? Like, you <laughs>
2: <know>. <laughs> right. Yeah, and also, like, how would they have, from a conspiratorial angle, kept her from killing herself as Tate, right? And yeah. let Tate be in control. He's clearly in control when he goes to the house. And I mean, we could mention that mask that he makes, that we in the sort of fantasy sequence of her face that he
1: puts on, which is the poster for most versions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's not just him. Creepy. It is. It's brilliant. But it's not just, if you notice, it's not just him. Um It shows him ah. uh under this, it's her face in his sort of like warped melting mask, which is very similar to the melting figure that we've seen during the infusion of the two people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It starts off with him, but yeah, you get, Holly, the the black woman from the beginning, is under there as well. oh yeah. Okay. At, at one point, you get a flash of that murder, and you see her under there. So you do get this idea of like, if it's a two way street, like what residual she mentions this idea uh, of not of apparently. So what residual is left from previous, mm-hmm. um, previous people as well? But yeah, that's a lot. I love that scene where it's the mask and it's sort of like because it replays scenes. It has the him in the mask, but then sniffing the kid mm-hmm. and doing all these other oh, things. Yeah. It's really creepy, but really well done.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good, and it's, that's a good way to sum up the film, too, right? Mm. Like, yeah. really creepy, really well done. I mean, I do have these lingering questions about kind of, you know, how do you explain this away? Mm. Um, you know, You know, we have some basic questions about what's going on here, you know, beyond probably where I think we're comfortable having.
1: Yeah, I think there are questions. I mean, you know, you could even go as far as to say that test that you see at the end—you mm-hmm. don't. We don't actually know that that's a test following the execution of the family because mm-hmm. we didn't see the end. It. I've said it's the same dialogue. It could be the same test. Yeah, or an earlier test. I that's mean, what I mean. Yeah, it could be yeah. a pre. I don't. You know, is it? Is it? the test following the events of the finale, or is it actually the test? In fact, it's probably more likely to be the test following the the murder at the beginning of the film. Um, I
2: I think it's a test following the finale, but mm. the fact that we're asking that question,
1: Mm. you know,
2: means that something's gone wrong, right? Yes. In terms of its ability to the film's ability to explain the basics of what has happened and why. Right. Yeah. I mean, now look, I mean, Video drum doesn't do that very well either. No. Uh and I love video drum. But um this does seem to have a more complex narrative. It does seem like there are answers to these questions. Um in uh Brandon Cronenberg's mind. I just don't think and and they're evocative. I mean having that repeated test like the last episode we talked about Blade Runner mm, mm. and that baseline, right? That works very well for me, you know, the sort of this is uh, Voss's baseline. Um, but, but you know it, so there's a lot that works. It's very evocative. I love you know the sun saying pull me out you know yeah. and like that's a that's a great little twist, but those twists don't all seem to work or match up here and and we are left with
1: some basic questions. I'd say you're right I think, I think the last 15 minutes of the film, there's so much going on there's there's a lot revealed and there's a lot visually presented um that i think like you say the the focus and stuff of the visuals and the narrative the information that you're supposed to be sort of taking away get a little bit muddled up get a lot get a little bit lot get quite a bit lost and i do think that's where they sort of like there's, there's, it's not lotm it's not long from it's like what 1 hour 40 something like that um yeah you could take your time a little bit more with that finale give it an extra sort of five minutes i think you would have just a a little bit more clarity that would allow you to sort of walk away from this going oh i think i've answered Mm. 95 percent of the questions i had
2: yeah and i think that
1: um you know we it's funny
2: because we've done a lot of foreign films we've done a lot of ambiguous films i think we're very comfortable with that Mm. um But, you know, we also want there to be generally, you know, want there to be answers, right? Want there Mm -hmm. to be an explanation. And as much as we're critical of sort of information dumps and, Mm -hmm. you know, the exposition, it's perfectly possible to get us a little more idea of how this technology works, a little more idea of what's going to follow after this, um, you know, of why... um, you know, at the most basic level, why did Jennifer Jason Lee go into this kid, right? Yeah. Um, when? How long, right? Um, I, I think it would not take very much to just gesture in these directions. We don't need it spelled out Hollywood style, like, you know, no. now that you've revived, let me tell you what we were doing this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, gra- gra-
1: Here's a graph that tells all the, di- in a diagram that tells everything's happened. No, you did- it's, it's that thing of like exposition in dialogue rather than exposition or rather than dialogue being exposition like it, it doesn't have to be even Forefront like you said that you know mm-hmm. there's dialogue in the background at one point about when she comes out after the finale that oh she's got neurological damage mm-hmm. like you know this is different you see that this is she's got a bit of bullet she's got blood on her mm-hmm. gown Like, you see that this is a different scenario to what you had at the start of the film so it's just little things like that. You can give that information that that you know in different ways. I think would be a bit better. Um, but that's not to say that you know. Like you say I still love this one. I still really enjoy this film. Um, and it, you know, the fact that it, like, it does make me think is, um, you know, and it makes me want to go. Oh yeah, what else has Brandon? Lee, you know, Brandon. What else has Brandon mm-hmm. Cronenberg done? You know, I want. I want to see Antiviral. I want to see um, Infinity what You know, I want to see those things now. Yeah, so, me too. I'm curious that you know this guy's got uh yeah. a, you know he's got a a, a style yeah and he's got some chops yeah. i think this, you know he's, um
2: well and also you know we're talking about you know he's done three full length films they're mm. all sci-fi mm. which is not true of uh his father um you know who's who's dabbled in sci-fi but really has mostly done you know horror and you know tr- you know crime and you know different genres mm. um all with his own style but i mean it's interesting that brandon cronenberg is at least so far uh more interested in science fiction yes. um so yeah with, no i have to say, say with horror
1: I, elements as well they're like quite strong horror elements like this oh yeah
2: yeah that very visceral sort of cronenberg-esque mm. uh you know thing um so no, I I had the same reaction. I think,
1: yeah. No, I did not think. And I think you know, does I'm definitely gonna check out some more of his stuff. And obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we did watch. Uh, it's oh god, what's it called? Please speak. Um, it's a short, the, Yes, please speak continuously you, about your experiences. It's a ten-minute short film that Brandon Cronenberg uh, made, but in all, well, basically to. Test while out filming, thi- this. filming this yeah. yeah to test out some filming techniques and some ideas and sort of try some different pieces and we talk about that on uh the patreon so go and check that out because they'll see it. you know every time we do one of these not every time but you know we are mm. heavily loading i think the end of this season we've done some really cool stuff um we've covered an awful lot of stuff and so yeah go check out that uh that short film discussion um, yeah
2: and just so people know i mean in addition to Twilight Zone, we've got the uh, – we, we still got a couple Doctor Who things.
0: Mm-hmm. We've got,
2: you know, the THX short. We've got, you know, um, this Please Be Continuously short. We've got the Blade Runner shorts. We've got the Hitchhiker's miniseries. We've got uh, the Transformers original three episodes. Like, yeah. you know, we are just loading up on there, you know, because uh, we need those Benjamins, you know. the <laughs> Yeah. With the rent increasing, yeah. Tiller and Lamb, you know. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, cost of living, you, man. You know. is really pu- it's, yeah, it's really pushing down on us. Like all landlords are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. It, we, if you like what we're doing on the main feed, like those are, you know, we're, we're doing something a little bit extra. The things that we probably wouldn't cover on the main feed, um, you know, side pieces, bonus features, short films um other things that we're going to sort of end up covering um
2: we didn't even mention uh battle royale 2 and the other hard to be a god
1: yeah exactly yeah so we have like you two know, whole movies two whole movies there yeah um so yeah we've done all kinds of things and there'll be, there will be more um so yeah go and check out five pound a month um i feel like i'm doing sort of like some telethon now just for five pound a mm-hmm. month you can you keep can save po- a child's life you can save a podcaster's or, life. <laughs> yeah. keep the podcast going that's right make you your keep choice. the lights on yeah that's it yeah make your choice if you <laughs> if you want to sponsor one podcast this month make it stories out of time and space
2: daddy why do <laughs> stories out of time and space start making stop making a podcast well you know they just didn't have the money it's something that happens that's but right. i like that podcast daddy
1: do you want this to be the reality <laughs> that's right we are helping you. We're, we're an educational service we're making things better in the world <laughs> Just give us give <laughs> us your money uh no do go check it out there are a lot of things on there there's hours and hours of bonus content like you know um you've got access to all kinds of things over there like so, and as well just me doing 30 minute thoughts there's also uh, creator Quarter Quarterly, create a corner where I speak to different people. Um, and there'll be all kinds of other bits and pieces on there as well. There's some written bits, and also because um, Julian and I are in the early uh stages of uh doing a stories out of time and space book, a collection of essays on films from the first two or three, three seasons. seasons. First three yeah. seasons, 12 essays, that's, that's six apiece, and then some Red Dwarf specials, some other bonus features. Um, you will get to learn some early stuff around that book as well. So you might get some glimpses of the things we're doing on that. Um, maybe the cover, maybe some snippets of the essays. So you know, we'll, we'll let you know. But go find out. So go check it out. There's a link down below. www.patreon.com forward slash 20CGmedia. Uh, so go check that out the link down below and it'll be all over twitter as well anyway for now though uh julie any final thoughts i should say on on um possessor before we do wrap up
2: uh no i enjoyed this movie i just wish there were more like close-ups of eyeballs being crushed or (laughs) you know um you know pokers being uh, shoved in somebody's mouth
1: as a Sam Raimi kind of a gig as well. Yeah, yeah. He introduces the humour. But yeah, no, I agree. This is a very visceral film. Um, and I, I do think I'll go back to this. I also think I'll, when I go back to this, I think I will... It's one of those, I think, will be a different, a slightly different experience mm. watching it again. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'll be looking out for things and considering it. So, you know, maybe take some time away from it, but I'll go back and to it's, it.
2: it's it's worth the audience's time man like mm. you know it it you know for it's not perfect but i mean it's good we both enjoyed it mm. I, you know i i know i missed the chance to say it but can we just stop and say like it's got a three-act structure yes. like you know it actually tells a story from start to finish and follows a conventional structure like that's so rare these days um you know it's just it's well told in a way that other movies are not, even though it loves its visuals, you know, and it still has some ambiguities, stuff we hit it on. But, um, you know, and, and for a sci-fi movie that actually has us thinking about stuff mm. and, you know, I haven't seen exactly this kind of story before. Um, you know, and that's saying a lot. So again, kudos to Brian Cronenberg.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, mean, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 very well structured. It's very well written. It's been given thought, and I'm looking forward to... I'm definitely going to... I'm going to go off and find out about antiviral, I think, tonight. That's the the other one that's been around since, I think, 2012. So we'll see how that's what that's like. But uh, yeah, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, Go check out and give us the support. You know, we greatly appreciate all the support we get. Uh, But for now, uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode. But actually, before I go, I should say the next episode... Hmm. is the end of the season and um, we, we will end in a second but is the end of the season so we'll be wrapping up and we'll be discussing um and rating and rating the second the, half of the, the season yeah the second half of the season so
2: and then from, going back and looking at the whole season our biggest season yet yeah with, you know 24 movies over 26 installments not to mention all of the patreon side stuff um you know, quite an ambitious, a year-long mm. season Scott and I have embarked on of bi-weekly two hours a week. You're getting, you know, substantial stuff here, uh, and a whole year. This is the end, Scott, of a year-long project. It you is,
1: this? And we've covered 90 years of cinema from t- to 1930 through to 2020, so there's a lot of if you were to watch Just Imagine and Possessor next to each other, <laughs> I think that's, you'll definitely see. They're sh- the same movie. Yeah, yeah, we haven't shifted that much <laughs> at all in in ninety years. Uh, but Anyway, I, I want I want more uh, Norwegian musical numbers in Possessor. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's missing. Maybe one day, you know, that's maybe that's where Cronenberg's going to go. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We appreciate it all, and uh, yes, we shall see you on the next episode.
2: There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams.